This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 589 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. On tonight's show, we will be joined by Dr. Laura Stokes-Green, a practicing veterinarian who is coming on the show to discuss osteoarthritis in dressage horses. Then we have Grand Prix competitor Sarah Lockman on to chat all about riding corners. Our Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week will be with Bridget Brown. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. <laughs> it's been quite an evening already. We're, we, we, we've been having some troubles today. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes Technical it issues. happens in podcasting. Yes, like yeah. horse training, not always perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, ju- we're just doing our best every week, right? That's all we can do, right? Yeah, we're <laughs> laughing because some some nights go just as smooth as can be, like a horse show. You just it's beautiful, it's fun, we have a great time. And then there's other where it's just just not. You get a flat tire, your horse is wild. Like yeah, we're having one of those nights. But we are happy to be here with everybody. And how has your week been? Uh it's been it's been fine. It's been fine. I've actually just been dealing with a little bit of neck pain, so yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I need to schedule a massage or something for myself. You know, <laughs> they, we always say like we take so such good care of our horses. You know, they've got their massages scheduled. They got their chiropractor scheduled. They got <laughs> this, that. And then I was like searching through the cupboard before we came on the show to get some Advil to kind of. Anyways, it's, it it is so true actually. And you know, it's funny though, but I will tell you, Phil, you know, I started paying more attention to my, my personal health, uh, a couple years ago, cause I was having a lot of trouble with my back and you had a, you had a fall pretty recently. So it's, it's a bit different, but I will tell you, you know, I started doing the DRT. I really got into yoga. Um, it doesn't, you know, I'm still have wear and tear. Um, but in general, I do think, uh, I did also now I, I go to massage uh, prior to COVID a lot. I, I went you know, at least once a month. So I tried to actually be as good to my body as I was to the horses. And I also started to stretch a little bit more before I rode. And I will tell you, it really was helping me a lot. Yeah. I think, I think these things are important and, uh, you know, so that we can, we can do our job as best as possible and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and do the workouts and, and yeah. So, yeah. This exactly. is what I'm thinking but, about today. And, and I bet. Well, again, you had an injury. It's it's different when you have an injury and, and that's that's a different thing. So, but in general, I think we're riders are terrible at that. And you know, there's actually some good stuff online on just even how to stretch for like five minutes before you ride. Uh, especially if you sit a lot. I've been I've been grading a lot of papers recently. So yeah, I'm not I'm not <laughs> good at, you know, I'm I'm pretty bad. I, you know, I'm I actually now in the sitting in the chair a lot more than I normally would. Um, so I, I understand now, I mean, three, well, two nights a week, I, you know, I do my class on Monday nights and I'm, I, we record on Thursday nights. So that's two nights where I'm sitting in an office chair and I can see why people struggle along with driving to the barn. Like, ah, I'm getting, I'm getting 
the feel of it. So I've had to pay attention more to stretching. So I guess that's our tip of the week for sure. Tip before the, we the get into anything. the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Um, but yeah, we've, we've actually had a good week here. The weather's been, it was actually really, really warm the last couple of days. And it's been for 2020, we have had a very beautiful fall here. The, the leaves have been gorgeous and they, and they still kind of continue. And, and that's been fun. The horses have been getting some good hill work because we know we're, we're going to get locked in soon. And, and so we've been enjoying the hill work. Uh, Big Mike's been doing quite a lot of hill work because uh, we're trying to get him strong, uh, really, really strong for the, the FEI levels. Um, so he's, I don't know if he's enjoying it. I don't <laughs> think that would be what if you had to talk to Mike, I don't think he would say that, but really he's doing well. And, um, kind of taking advantage we're also i don't have i told you about our fry yet no. this is something super fun that we've been doing and i just thought of it um so every friday morning at nine o'clock uh we go on a group ride and we we phil knows my property but we stay within the property but we go oh, all okay. over. We go down to the creek and we go in the paddocks and you know, it has been so fun during COVID to do it. And, you know, sometimes you have a very big group. Sometimes it's just uh, a couple of us. Um, very big group. I don't have a huge barn, but, you know, there's been times where we've had a, a good number of the horses out. Uh, and it's actually been been lovely. And so I would encourage everyone, if you can, with your barn team, uh, you know, get on and go outside for a ride. It's it's fun. We laugh. Um, I can't tell you the horses are on the bit. They're not. We talk about what shows we've been watching and and just laugh. And it's been been a good therapy for all of us. And I tell you, the horses know and they they see us all get ready and they're like, it's Friday. So we're really <laughs> it here in the farm so well, that's a great idea that's yeah. awesome yeah so that's our other tip but uh we're gonna get to a show we have a great show for you today um and i hope you enjoy our first guest dr laura stokes green well tonight we are very happy to have dr laura stokes green veterinarian from steel and associates on the program laura welcome hi thank you so much i'm so excited to be here with you guys well, we are going to talk about such a common problem with horses. It is, and, and as we age, um, osteoarthritis and in, in joints comes into play. Uh, so can you just get us started about some, some comments you have about it? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, one of the biggest things that I get called for is people saying to me, my horse just doesn't feel quite right. It's not that they're necessarily lame or limping. It's more of, the movements just quite aren't quite as good as they should be. They're not as flexible. I feel a little bit to this direction. And what I do is come and do a soundness evaluation on each of these horses and flex each of the joints to look for osteoarthritis because it's really one of the most common things. And so somewhere between the ages usually of 10 to 12 is when it starts, when I start to see the most effect from it. And then, as we know, a lot of our schoolmasters are in the 15 to 16 or older range, and those guys really are the ones that um, have the most osteoarthritis. And so my job is to figure out, first of all, which joints are affected, and then to choose the best strategies to try and manage them. Because a lot of this stuff, you know, we all have wear and tear as we get older, and so a lot of it is coming up with the best program to 
make that osteoarthritis as minimal as possible and also to have the least inflammation and pain as possible. So maybe, Laura, we can start with maybe, you know, a, a simple, well, as simple as you can, a definition of, of what is our osteoarthritis. Sure. So osteoarthritis is when there is first synovitis, which is inflammation of the joint capsule itself. So the body, let's say, for example, the horse jumps up in the paddock and twists its ankle. And it's, you come in and the horse has a big ankle and it's swollen and it's maybe a little tender on it, but it's not limping too much. This trauma can pull on the joint capsule and that causes inflammation. And then what the body does in response to that inflammation is it releases a lot of inflammatory proteins. Some of them are called cytokines and it will draw more fluid to the joint, which is what causes the swelling. And the the reason for the fluid is it's actually trying to cushion the joint. So the more the idea that the body has is that the more fluid that's in there, the more of a cushion and lubricant will be available to that joint to make it more comfortable. But the problem with arthritis is that fluid then becomes very watery and it doesn't have the proper concentration of the hyaluronic acid. And that's why when we're talking about hyaluronic acid and, and making the hyaluronic acid more concentrated, and we do that with Legend and Adequan and joint supplements that we feed them orally, we're trying to make that concentration of the hyaluronic acid within the joint the, the best quality as possible. So over time with osteoarthritis, you progress from a synovitis of inflammation of the joint capsule to actual bone change in the joint. And sometimes you can see this on x-ray where you get a little spur that comes off of the joint. It's the most common in my pre-purchases or my evaluations in coffin joints. That's like number one area that I'm looking at in these horses is coffin joint arthritis with a little spur that most people have seen before. And then when it gets significant enough and progresses through these stages, you can actually have rubbing of the cartilage and the, the cartilage degrades on both sides of the joint. And when that happens and that cartilage is, is um, rubbed away, then you have bone on bone interaction. Each step that the horse takes, instead of having that nice clean cartilage layer, that's a cushion and, and uh, a, a barrier, you now have bone on bone and people who have had knee problems before or skiing accidents that result in knee problems can relate to this because that's how you get osteoarthritis in your knee, for example. Yes. And I can tell you from um, uh, personal experience that that is very painful. So uh, tell us, I mean, so obviously now you've, you've done your Adequan, your legend and uh, your supplements and you still need some other options. So a really good option obviously is ProStride because it's not right. It's not going to hurt the joint long-term or can you kind of explain that for us? Sure. The, the most common joint injection, I would say, is probably your steroids and hyaluronic acid. And that's what a lot of people are familiar with. And that's where, you know, if you think of um, a lot of the athletes that like swimmers or, or football players have gotten cortisone injections before. But the thing that we're really moving towards now is what we found is that the steroid actually long-term degrades the cartilage. It decreases the metabolism of the cartilage and is long-term detrimental. So while you might get a very strong anti-inflammatory um, good response from a steroid injection, over time, if you have to keep injecting that same joint with the steroids, it can be uh, really creating more of an arthritic situation. And that's where we've turned to 
to things like prostrides, which we consider a biologic, which means that it's coming from the horse's own body. So this is unique in that we draw the blood from the horse and then we spin it down in a two part um, centrifuge process and concentrate the most anti-inflammatory and positive growth factor cytokines from the horse's blood. And then we use that and you draw about 60 cc's of blood. And from that, you get about four cc's of prostride. And that concentrated biologic anti-inflammatory is then injected into the joints. I have absolutely loved it as an alternative to steroids or even as an adjunctive to my steroid programs, because I don't have that concern with injecting with prostride that you're going to have the long-term detriments of the cartilage. And I also don't have some of the concerns that if you get with the steroids, such as laminitis or decreased immune systems, sometimes, you know, I always tell people when I'm injecting what the risks are and you just don't have the same level of risk with the prostride that you have with the steroid. So I know, Laura, you, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but how common is this in dressage horses specifically? And how can we prevent and help our horses? How, how can we get on this early to help them with this problem? This, to me, is the most common thing that I deal with. Uh, my specialty is sports medicine, so it's really something that I'm doing every day, all day. I call it the bread and butter of my practice. We are looking for ways to always make the horses feel the most comfortable and perform their best. And the arthritis question is the biggest problem we deal with. So ways to prevent it. I think when I look at front feet, the number one thing I look at is the the conformation of the foot and the way that the horse is landing on the ground and the shoeing. Um, So I think that's, you know, you could do a whole nother series of podcasts on shoeing, but it it does contribute very much because if you think about, if you were wearing a pair of sneakers that are high on the outside and every time you take a step, you're a little bit high on the outside, it's definitely going to continue to affect those forces are going to go all the way up your leg. They'll go up to your ankle. They'll go up to your knee. It's the same thing with these horses where every step they take, even from a young age, um, the conformation of the foot and the shoeing is, is, is so important. So that's something that I address first. Um, and then once it's clear that they already have the osteoarthritis process, which again, it's probably, I would say 90% of the horses that I'm looking at, even the young ones where we're doing the pre-purchases, they have some level of joint change. It might be so, so, so mild, but they do have, uh, uh, an inclination that that is in that joint. And then what we're doing is trying to constantly do these soundness exams where we have the horses on a routine of being checked, whether that's once a month, whether that's once a week, it really depends on the barn and the level of competition that the horse is in. Um, I have some barns that I go to every week and we just go through the list and go and watch them jog. And then if something looks a little bit amiss, I'll flex that leg, I'll flex that joint, I'll flex the whole horse to constantly keep a monitor on which of the areas need to be maintained and, and, and paid attention to. So if you notice, for example, swelling, you can never ice a horse too much in my opinion. So for people at home who are asking questions, well, what can I do? 
run your hands down your horse's legs every single day or as much as the time as you're there. I think that's get really familiar with what your horse's specific anatomy looks like. So how much coffin joint effusion does it have? What do the hocks look like every day? How do the tendons and ligaments feel? It doesn't take very long. It's probably like a minute for you to just run your hands over their legs every day. And this is what a lot of people's grooms are doing as well. But it gives you that immediate familiarity when something is not quite right or if something has a little bit of heat to jump on it quickly and early. And if you can get some anti-inflammatory in there, and obviously this is always predicated by call your vet to discuss it, but when my clients call me and say, okay, I have a little bit of heat and a little bit of swelling, I am looking at cold therapy, so icing, cold hosing, and I'm looking at a little bit of anti-inflammatory like banamine, for example, and then I'm looking at um, using a topical such as Surpass, which is another anti-inflammatory, so you have to be careful with drug rules with that. The ones that you can use that don't have medication in them that test are Tramiel gel, which is an Arnica gel, which is excellent for any kind of contusion or swelling. Um, so, you know, you, that's part of the management of these situations. And then I love, love, love Adequan and Legend. I just think they're wonderful products. And then once you get to the point where your vet comes and says, hey, you know, I think you need to treat this because the horse is offloading from the leg, let's say the left front foot, it's uncomfortable in the left front foot. And so you're leaning, the horse is now leaning too much into the right front foot. That's really when I like to choose which of the injectable solutions I'm going to use. And we have barns that don't even, they won't even let me near the horses with steroid after the programs that we've put them on. And we really are using only ProStride. Um, I think that it depends a little bit on what the job of the horse is, what the age of the horse is. I like to use ProStride much more in the younger horses because I don't think you should be putting too much steroid in these really young horses. It just, it doesn't sit well with me, um, especially since so many of our dressage horses are older. And then you're really trying to make the decision about does it need to have something as aggressive as a joint injection or can you manage it with more topical therapy? So, Laura, you have some scenarios for us to kind of go through of what a common scenario would be, right? Yeah. What I was thinking was, you know, what are the common things that people run into, right? And so I, I think this is a story that's familiar to all of us, right? Imagine that you have been training with your horse it's 16 years old, it's Grand Prix level, you've been training for months for this very important show, you're really excited about the horses at its top condition, and then all of a sudden, two weeks prior to the show, you notice that the stride isn't as good, the movements aren't as fluid, every once in a while, he maybe takes a bad step and a turn, and then you say, okay, I'm going to ice it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay attention and, and, and uh, do my topicals, and then the next day, all of a sudden the horse is limping and it's a one out of five, which is the lowest level of limping in the AAP grade, but it's definitely a a level that you would see. So you call your vet and through the evaluation and the diagnostics, you realize that it's that chronic coffin joint again, right? And, And these coffin joints are, again, the most common area of arthritis that we deal with. But your vet just injected that coffin joint two months ago with steroid and you're sitting there and going, okay, well, what do we do, right? We we have this this uh, wonderful sequence of sh- this show that we're going for, and we are really excited about it. We're in our top form, 
And that to me is your perfect position to use ProStride because I am not worried that you're going to degrade the joint by using the ProStride. It's the horse's own natural anti-inflammatories. It's their own um, growth factors. And you can put that solution very easily in there. And then, and then what's nice also is you're not masking anything. If it's something that's just a little bit of inflammation from the joint, then the ProStride will take care of it and you will have that sound horse. And if it's something that's more significant, the ProStride is not going to give you a level of soundness that you wouldn't otherwise have. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's like you're, you're treating the problem and hopefully you, you can get get through it and you're not adding more issues or like you said, masking the issue, you know, with, with NSAIDs and, and things like that isn't going to give you a false sense of, okay, the horse is fine now and, and after the show, well, uh, you know, it's going to be terrible. Like, I think that's a really good use of, of, of this treatment. Yeah, I, I, that brings me to another case example that I actually consider a mistake. And it's, you know, it's not often that you hear vets say that. So pay attention to this one. There was a, a very heavy boned older horse that I was managing and we knew it had thickened suspensory branches. We knew it had arthritis in the fetlock joints. It was bilateral in front. And it had that characteristic onion shape of the ankle that you get when you have that suspensory fill and that suspensory um, thickening. And we'd been managing it, <clears throat> excuse me, with a regimen of once a month shock waves. We had the wide branch suspensory shoes, and I was checking it very regularly in soundness exams just to make sure that he was doing well. And then probably, I would say, a year into that management program, he started to have more problems in one of the soundness exams that I did. And he flexed very strongly to his ankles and I ultrasounded his suspensories. They looked pretty much the same as I had been seeing them, which was modeled, but no tears. And I x-rayed his ankles and he did have changes in his fetlock joints, which showed me very clearly that he had osteoarthritis. So I chose at that point to inject him with HA and steroid, which is a pretty standard therapy for ankle arthritis. And this was actually before ProStride was available, which makes me feel better about this whole thing because what happened was, is I injected those ankles and the owner called me and goes, oh my gosh, she feels amazing. And then the week after, oh, he feels, it's like he's a new horse again. And then they took him to the show. And when they went to the show, he did amazingly well in the show. And then the moment he came back from the show, she calls me and she goes, he's crippled. And I went and checked him out. And what had happened was he had through the showing because he felt so good. He had actually then torn one of those suspensory branches. And on the ultrasound, I could now see very different ultrasound pattern than what I had seen previously. And I think this is a really good example where if I had done that with ProStride, I would have much less risk of making him feel so good from the steroid and masking that kind of soft tissue um, pain than the steroid gave. So, so I, I now really use, especially with horses where I have these complicated multifactorial lameness issues or, or maintenance issues, I use the ProStride a lot for horses in ankles or even hocks where I'm questioning the suspensory because I know that I'm not going to push them over the edge and have them feel so good that they'll damage that suspensory. Well, that makes total sense. So Dr. Laura Stokes-Green, tell us a little bit about your practice. 
It is an absolutely amazing practice. Our, our practice is founded by Dr. John Steele, who imbued in each of us these really strong tenets of work ethic and the, the idea that the issues that we see in the horse are whole horse problems. So he really wanted us to look not just at the leg where the horse is limping or at the you know, heavy breathing or at the metabolic issue. He wanted us always to look at the whole picture. So when I go over the horse, I'm flexing everything, even if it's not the most apparent problem, because so often you have these imbalances that come from the right hind that push the horse into the left front, for example. So that was one of the things about this practice that I loved. And we practice all over. So I am in the uh, tri-state area. I work in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut during the summers and the spring. And then in the winter, I go down to Wellington, Florida, and the other partners in the practice, Tim Ober is in Virginia, Melissa Welker is in Florida and Kentucky, Jim Mitchell is in New Jersey, and Peggy Giuseppe is in upstate New York. And so the vast majority of us go down to Florida during the winter. But what it, I love is that we are all trained by Dr. Steele, and we all are able to cover each other in terms of the horses that are in the different areas. Um, so I feel really good about having a, a wide reach for our equine competitors in a number of different fields, and then also being able to um, manage them when they're in Wellington, Florida. Fantastic. Well, how can our listeners find you online? So if the listener wants to email me, you can reach me at stokesgreendvm at gmail.com. That's S-T-O-K-E-S. G-R-E-E-N-E-D-V-M at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Dr. Laura S-G. Um, we'd love to hear any questions that you have. And I'm always interested in what people are concerned with right now in terms of their horses. Dr. Laura Stokescreen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, Phil, as you know, Kentucky Performance Products is a company that I love. I've been using their products for many, many years. Uh, not only are they great sponsors of the radio show, but they're great sponsors of my own personal horses. And I will tell you, it's amazing. Our, our weather has been going up and down and all around, and we use their electrolytes. And just really all of their products are great. I have some horses that are, you know, have some uh, really bad um, insulin resistance and insulin wise products been a lifesaver on those horses and all of their products, their joint wise, their metabolites. Uh, we use all their products here and my horses just look great and, and I can't thank them enough. So we're going to have a commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. I'm just going to take a quick moment to talk about the EcoGold Comatec Pad. This is gentle, soothing relief for sensitive horses. EcoGold's Comatec Saddle Pad is made with medical fleece, which reduces friction and pressure points of contact. It's going to dissipate moisture away from the skin to alleviate discomfort and prevent irritation. It's also shimmable, so you can adjust the thickness 
Shop the entire collection of saddle pads at ecogold.ca. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Sarah Lachman on the program. For She's the 2019 Pan American gold medalist. She's based out of Summit Farm in Marietta, California. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Well, well, I've been watching your Facebook, and we're going to come up because we've got a great tip from you. I saw it, and I wanted to get it on the show, but I wanted to quick check in. How have you got you and Apple been doing and all your horses during quarantine? You know, um, I think that quarantine has, well, it's been crazy on a personal level and as a human being, but I think it was a blessing in disguise um, for a lot of us horse people because it meant more time to spend at the barn and more focused time. Uh, so Apple and I have been spending our time that we have not been in the competition ring training and, and making details and, and things better and more fit and strong. Uh, so it's actually been a very busy, productive summer. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think everyone, I think we've all enjoyed, you know, our time at the barn for sure. I think I personally have loved it. And and I'm like, now that I'm back getting busier again, I'm thinking, oh, no, I like that time when I was with my horses. It was so nice. Well, Sarah, you had a great exercise. We always talk about in the show, on this show, and also teaching about riding good corners. Ride your corners, ride your corners. But you had cones in the corners, and I wanted to talk about the exercise you were doing and why you were doing that exercise. So one of the things that I have been doing, thanks to Amazon for those beautiful orange cones, is working on the details. This time that we've had out of the show ring, or at least some of us, some of the time out of the show ring, it has been wonderful to try squeeze another point or two out of those tests that we have to ride. Um, And one of the things that I think is so important for us to remember, and it seems so simple, we do ride every day in a rectangle. So there are four corners in that ring that we should be riding. So I actually took the initiative and, and have started to use Amazon cones in the corner for some of the other details in the test uh, to help with geometry. And so corners are a, a form, I like to kind of say, of, of geometry. So go, when you go through a corner, depending on what happens, we'll tell you a lot about what is happening with your horse's balance, with your position, with your horse's body, its alignment. So the corners are such an important part of our daily training. Um, And the corners are obviously, when you look at any test at any level, you generally have a corner before you start any movement. So that is your start and most of the time your finish of movement. So even though when you look at the directives of one of those dressage tests or the movements in the tests as they're written out, uh, they never say corners. But when you talk to any judge, they are watching you ride those corners. And it tells them a lot about either what is about to happen or what has already happened and and how you fix it or, or move on from one movement to the other. So in riding with those Amazon cones in the corner, uh, and some of it has been very educational. I've definitely laughed a lot. Cones have gone fine. I, I ride a lot of horses, anything from uh, you know my four-year-olds all the way up to the Grand Prix horses. So I think it's a really good exercise, very simple, to put uh, a small orange cone, any color cone, in the corners and, and really test yourself and ask yourself, 
are you riding those corners correctly and, and end up using those corners for your benefit as either a setup or a rebalance as you go from one moment to the next in a test. Yeah, I, I like this point a lot. And I, and I think that uh, in a lot of cases with, you know, with myself and with, you know, students that I'm teaching, it's, it's sometimes you just get going along and then these corners are just kind of happening because they're there because you have to turn. And that is really not a great way to to help your horse and to help your training. I think, you know, and depending on the horse, you have to ride the corner a little bit differently. Like you said, you ride a lot of horses at different levels. And but but you have to have a purpose for your for your corner, not just, you know, not just letting it happen. And, you, and there has to be a thought process around it because you can, you know, if, if you have a horse that drifts left instead of right, then, you know, you're going to you're going to make more preparation as you're as you're on the left rein for instance to really think about setting the horse you know making a half halt and pushing the horse away from your inside leg through that corner Um, but if you have a horse that drifts out instead of in on a corner then maybe you're going to need to use a little more outside rein and outside leg it's just and if you're not if you don't know what to do then you can't do it right and and so you know, I, I like to make the corners a, a transition for the younger horses to say, okay, I'm going to trot along, then I'm going to walk my corner, then I'm going to trot out, you know, uh, or as a way of refreshing the horse, I'm going to ride a little extra forward through the corner and then set them back as they come out. I think, you know, you can ride them a, a billion different ways, but you have to have a plan. And uh, I, I think that's that's super important. Yes, exactly. And, and as you know, as you climb through the levels, uh, you know, it's, especially in a Grand Prix test, I mean, sometimes the corner is all you have as a recovery and a preparation for your next movement. So I think it's important when I'm teaching and uh, especially when I'm building horses, you know, up from, from being young horses that you don't let those little details like the corner that sound like little details go in the beginning because as you climb the levels, it can't all of a sudden be an important part and you know you feel like you almost have to retrain and retrain yourself as well to ride those corners correctly so i think it's really important even though i have to say on the young horses it feels a little little like uh, uh pole bending sometimes it's still important to start that in uh, the corners and riding them in a correct way it's a great place to add in a half halt to check the bend and flexion um it's it's again, there's a, there's a reason why we were put in a rectangle and it's obviously not the easiest shape to ride. Um, but, you know, going from a, a straightaway into a bend into another straightaway, it sounds really easy on paper, but when you start doing it really correctly and at the right moment, um, it, it can be difficult. So I think it's really important that those kind of details don't get left out. And everybody that's taking a little bit of time this fall, winter out of the show ring, it's it's such a simple thing you can do by yourself, and it's very telling. Um, and like you said, it, it can really spell out a horse's alignment or a rider's alignment problems. And, you know, it's not saying that you're going to use the corner to fix those problems, but but it will bring it to your attention, and you maybe can go on the circle, fix what you were feeling, and go back and ride the corner. Uh, and, it's, and it's such a, a useful tool, and it should be something that we're doing all the time. And I think we've all watched a 
amazing test, you know, like Stefan, if you really watch Stefan, it is amazing how that man uses every corner. And for different reasons, like you said, sometimes he's collecting, sometimes he's bringing the horse down and more through, he's riding forward through a corner. So there's so many things you can do. And I think um, now with technology, it's a, a great time for all of us to watch some videos and watch some of the top riders ride those corners and see how they use them to influence the horse and influence the next movement that they're about to execute. And Sarah, I love, you know, again, the cones are such a good visual, but um, one of the things that I see sometimes when I'm traveling around is, you know, because of the way we drag arenas, a lot of times the footing in the corners, if you don't pay attention, the footing is not good there. So I know when you go into an arena, um, if someone's riding into their corners or not, because of sometimes how it's drug. And I think that's something to just yeah. kind of throw that out there. Have you guys seen that a lot in different places? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that that's, like you said, it's pretty telling, but it's also, you know, good arena, arena management to be pulling the dirt. I mean, no matter what, you know, the sand yep. gets, gets, it just drifts into the corners and, and then all of a sudden you have this bank and then you're not, then you can't ride them because you know you don't want to change the footing of the you know, on the horse to go you know up a hill and down a hill into a corner. So, I, you yeah. know, again, part of part of arena management is yes. is pulling pulling the dirt out of the corner and making it flat so that uh, so you have you know stable footing throughout the the whole place. Mm-hmm. I think we've all had a race yeah. and done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And one of the reasons the cones got brought brought out, we do drag completely through the arena, take the rails out every other day. But on the in-between days, my coach that was watching me ride said, get your horse. You need to get where the tire marks are, where the tractor couldn't get to. And, And that was pretty difficult even with that visual. So then that's when the Amazon cones came out. And those little orange cones, man, they're going to be the death of me. But but I will ride good corners. So uh, it, it is very important to make sure you're maintained correctly, especially when you start riding into known corners. Yeah, I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time tonight and your tip. It's a fantastic tip. I love it. How can our listeners find you online? I have a website. You can find me at www.sldressage.com. You can also find me on social media. As you all know, I love that. Facebook and Instagram. Instagram handle is sldressage. And you can find me at Tara Lockman on Facebook. And you guys know I am now accepting dates for clinics. So if you guys want to hear more of those tips in person or get some one-on-one help, feel free to reach out to me as I'm able to do clinics and a virtual teaching, especially while I'm down in Florida for season. And if anyone is looking for that schoolmaster that'll help to really how to ride a good corner, I've got some great FBI schoolmasters that are uh, currently my website as well and thank you again to you guys for having me on this podcast i absolutely love being able to share knowledge and i think it's great what you guys do for our dressage community oh thanks sarah we're excited we look forward to hearing and touching base with you this winter thanks so much tired of having your boot sucked off bitstride by sticky mud mud control grids are the solution Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? 
Well, Han Plastics Mud Control Grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again. Right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high-traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more, mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year. The ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics mud control grids at mudgrid.ca. Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics mud control grids in place. So there's that www.mudgrid.ca Well, Phil, it is almost time for No Stirrup November. I kind of had a sense that you were going to say that. Yeah, you knew it was coming. However, (laughs) with my Total Saddle Fit um, Stability Stirrup Leathers, I don't really want to do No Stirrup November. I'm not lying. I don't want to give up my stirrup leathers. Not doing it. You know, I, I have to be honest, like November is not a good time to not have your stirrups here in Canada. I don't know if people know that. Like you can do no stirrup June, July, July. August, <laughs> even September. Yeah. October, uh, November. No, thank you. That's not like, a good idea. We we haven't had snow yet, but snow is coming and ice is coming and, and I haven't, I haven't clipped my horses yet. So, okay. November's going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm going to clip the horses and it's going to start snowing and I'm going to take my stirrups away. No, no. So I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the total style saddle fit stability stirrup leathers on my saddles. And uh, I'm with you. That's going to be fine. They're too they're too great to take off. Honestly, like without (laughs) them, I just I like them so much. They're not coming off my saddles. I'm keeping them. They're really fantastic product. All kidding aside. Seriously, Phil and I use these stirrups every day, every horse. I literally went through the barn and made sure everybody had them because I was like, this is too good of a product. And it gives you, it just, why not take a little bit of help (laughs) in any way we can. So, um, Uh, more comfortable and a more stable leg. Uh, That's what we all want anyway. So, um, yeah, you should, you should look into getting them totalsaddlefit.com they they got a lot of other great products there that you should check out purse and saddle pads and 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 lots of great stuff so um we have to thank thank them for being a sponsor for so long on our show yeah we we really and all their other products too uh we really appreciate it and we have a fantastic total saddle fit tip of the week from bridget brown This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, I'm very excited to have for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, Bridget Brown. She is currently in Germany training with Dorothy Schneider. Bridget, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, we know you have a great Total Saddle Fit trainer tip of the week for us. What you got? 
So something that Dorothy always tells all of the riders here is to positively influence the horse's rhythm by making a rhythm with your seat. Fantastic. So elaborate for us. Yeah. So this means that uh, in the trot, for example, to help to influence your horse to have swing and cadence by swinging with your hip in the rhythm. Uh, And then the same goes for the canter. If your horse tends to maybe have... um, uh, be behind the rhythm or to have a four beat canter rather than a three beat canter, you can help influence this through um, t- really feeling the rhythm through your seat bones into the saddle and helping encourage the horse along. She always says, show them the way. I love Yeah, that. I think that's uh, re- really important to for riders to have their own sense of uh, tempo and their own sense of a metronome so that they can influence like the horses aren't I, I don't know very many that have a very natural perfect perfect you know tempo in their trot walk and yes. canter so riders have to kind of know what to do with what they've got right if yes, you have a horse exactly. that has a very quick tempo then you're going to want to just sit an extra millisecond and stay out of the saddle an extra millisecond in the trot in rising trot for instance so the horse looks to the rider for that confidence and that good rhythm yes exactly and she also tells us to keep your body tension through the rhythm just like you said if a horse has um, too high of a tempo you can keep your body tension to slow the rhythm down through your seat Well, I think the idea is really good too. You know, I know some people like, let's say maybe you're you're not gifted at that or you have some, uh, you know, you need some help. There's some great apps, actually, some metronome apps you can get on your phone or you can even pull out. There is an actual thing called a metronome and you can pull it out. And, And actually that can help a lot of people, which is quite cool. Yes. I, uh, actually used to play music so Mm -hmm. i think that's a little part of my history that helps me a little bit with my riding oh i love to play music when i ride i Mm -hmm. love it i think the horses love it i love it kind of gets me in the in the groove i i I really enjoy that so um i i think that's a fantastic tip bridget really really good well bridget um if anybody wants to get in touch with you and or hear about your adventure in germany how can they do that Yeah, feel free to friend me on Facebook or to follow me on Instagram at b.e.brownie. Well, thanks so much, and we can't wait to keep following you. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. They are so fantastic. They're super fun. Uh, We also really enjoy the Horse Radio Network auditor page. Uh, The auditor program is a way that you can help us with our programming. And that is also an amazing Facebook page. Uh, So we really appreciate all the love we get in there as well. And keep coming. Uh, We've had a long show tonight, which we've enjoyed every second of. And uh, so we will get to some more email and Facebook questions, but keep coming. And we love it. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors tonight for allowing us to put on a good show. 
That's ProStride, Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, Han Plastics, and Eco Gold. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back. Enjoy the Western Dressage Program next week, and we will be back the week after to provide another great show for everybody. Thanks for listening. 